0: Hey, cast chasers, Christina here. We'll start the show in just a moment, but first we wanted to tell you about a new, award-winning, four-grain straight bourbon whiskey that's been taking the market by storm, Penelope Bourbon. Penelope's balanced yet flavorful taste profile comes from a unique blend of three bourbon mash bills. Currently available in three expressions, four-grain, barrel strength, and toasted, Penelope is remarkably smooth and flavorful. So whether you're sipping neat or using it in your favorite cocktail, Penelope is perfect for you. Penelope Bourbon is available in select markets as well as online at PenelopeBourbon.com.
1: This is Max Lentz from the Baltimore Spirits Company. Pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cask Chasers Podcast.
0: would you be offended if I didn't ask how you were doing today just so I can tease Aaron a little bit again? That's
2: fine. Um, <laughs> you didn't seem to care the last time and I don't know why you care this time. Yeah,
3: also, that, that's just staying
2: in. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah.
0: Probably. I do care about you as a person. I care oh, about you. both of you guys, you. which is why I bring these things Aww. up. Thanks, yeah. mom. Hey, anytime.
2: Are you picking on Aaron? Yeah. <laughs> oh, then He's like, can feel we get free. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So not too long ago we talked about your crocs yeah okay but you fun. know we're supportive friends so we'll let you make your life decisions yeah uh, wearing
2: them again by the way i am yeah yeah, Visual. yeah. I, they're they're stuck to my feet yeah do
0: you glue them on
2: i do yeah. safe he did the old earlier when we moved a table he was like let me put these puppies in four-wheel drive <laughs> and then he put the back band
3: on <laughs>
0: Wait, yeah. I didn't ask you that last time. Do you have the band around the back of your heel or are they like arched over?
3: Right right now they're over the they're over the front of the foot cuz I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm not moving tables right now. Uh, if I was moving that- tables, over the back of the heel, you got to do, do it. You got to do it. Same yeah. when you're in an amusement park, when you're in a roller coaster where your legs hang, you have to have it over the heel.
0: Ah, oh, that makes sense.
2: They say that before you. They're like, ladies they and do. gentlemen, That's please, why you brought it
3: up. They're <laughs> like, dude, you yeah, over your, the If the, you're yeah. wearing if wearers. if you're wearing flip-flops, you are going to lose them. Also, yeah. please
0: get off our roller coaster and <laughs> exit the park. <laughs> sir, sir,
3: someone's dad, can you please get off? Someone's dad? Oh, Is that what me. you're picking on him about? Um, no. It's just it's so not, juicy. It's not, but she- <laughs>
0: It really—it's so much. So we were
2: fun. mean for no reason. Our guest, Not for did, no our reason. guest is in the background where we need to be introduced. And he's like, "This is the meanest show ever." <laughs> yeah, exactly. What happens they when ab- they start well, talking? To they me? abuse the
0: co-host for <laughs> half an hour. Mm-hmm. Now the other thing, and this is going to be much later after our Crocs point two or two point oh discussion. Um, I realized from when we were talking—I guess it was last week—that mm-hmm. you only recently got into what we do in the shadows.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. the 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 show, the show specifically. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so the 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 television show specifically. So Um, redeem
0: yourself real quickly. Right. So I
3: had (laughs) seen the movie. Love the movie. Love Jermaine Clement. Love Clement. How do you say his last name?
0: With a New Zealand accent.
3: Okay, (laughs) that's fair. Um, (laughs) And I gladly do so. Um, (laughs) But uh, I had not seen the show. I knew the show was a thing. And I was like, "Oh, I gotta watch that." But like, you know, there's a billion shows on a billion streaming services, and I've got a list a mile long. And then, were you and I talking about it, Bobby, or some somebody? I try it. not
2: to talk to you. Okay, well, that's fair. No, we were. I we're no, all, we uh, you're all.
3: Yeah. We only talk to each other. No one else. That's will. true. Um, um, but, I couldn't believe you hadn't seen it. Yeah, so Bobby was like, "You yeah, have seen this?" Out. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, I haven't. I won't, I wonder if it's streaming on anything. Oh, it's on Hulu. I've got Hulu." And then we went home. And we started watching it, and I was like, "I've been missing out on this my whole life." Or yeah, for like it's four yeah. years. It's, however long it's been out. We walk around going fucking guy. I was good. All it's the like time. All the time. All the time.
2: Andor. So, I think I show. know a
0: real life energy vampire. Luckily, yeah. he's not in this room though. So I think we're safe.
2: <laughs> That's NPR.
0: <laughs> That's an NPR. Sorry. I got my, my radio shows speaking mixed speaking
3: up. Speaking of it, But yeah, vampire, so I watch, it, I watch it now. <laughs> I watch it now and I like it. Speaking of whiskey.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and that we've given plenty of ammo for our guests to just, yeah, right? you know, keep picking on Aaron, really. Mm. Uh, no, we are really excited to be joined in studio live, which is always extra special fun by Max Lentz, the founder, owner and CEO of Baltimore Spirits Company. Max, welcome to Thunderdome.
2: Welcome.
1: Stoked to be here. <laughs> Notice the crocs upon entering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Didn't know if I could say something about it.
0: Yeah. All fair game. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's I
2: appreciate good. that. It's funny because he's like... I'm sure at first somebody asked you if you're going to be nervous to be on the show. He's probably like, I don't know. Then he got here. He's like, I don't think anybody's listening to that show. I don't think. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, I'm and gonna- that guy's wearing Crocs. Yeah. Yeah. Do no, people no one talk listens. about
1: how you can eat Crocs? What? You no, can what? boil them and eat them.
2: Are you serious? No. Yes. No. This was apparently
1: people don't still talk one about One of it. the earliest selling points of Crocs, like before the comeback of like their yeah, acceptability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This was like the first time they were acceptable before they had been. Quotation marks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Boil them and eat them. Wait, 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 Aren't wait, I don't rubber? take your hold it up in the air, real quick.
1: Maybe the original ones were were different. So yeah, these ones are made in Mexico. It doesn't say not edible.
3: <laughs> well, do shoes have to say not mine edible? Do. Mine say it. I write it. On I it. don't. Okay. okay, you could boil and eat them.
0: Wait, now I'm genuinely intrigued. Like maybe that
2: nobody googled this,
1: material? and also no, <laughs> no listeners. No,
3: no. Tra- nobody eat me on this. So I'm confused. <laughs> they say made in Mexico but then they say Boulder, Colorado. Is Boulder, Colorado right. Boulder, Colorado, where the That's where the recipes that, are. That, that's where the recipes are for the yeah. shoe soup. Yeah. Huh. Oh, my God, they're ridiculous. They
2: that's why they
1: call so them cobblers.
3: Yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: This is going to be pure I'm gold, guys. I'm so happy. On the show. For this show. Three-parter.
2: <laughs> this <laughs> candid three-part interview. Man, thanks for coming. Um, we met you at um, Old Line, did an did an event, one of their whiskey roundups. And I think we've talked about it a few times on the show. Um, and I've had your whiskey before. Um, obviously, being in the area where we live in Delaware, but obviously we're here in Maryland, um, studio wise. And Katie, I think you're a Marylander, yeah, right? Mostly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've obviously had your whiskey before, but um, it was cool to meet you and then kind of get that lineup. Um, what I what I think we all said when we left there was like, it, it was it was Mark Arch from Old Line, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then yeah, I can't remember who else was there? It was somebody. Anyway, we were like Max was like this the bad boy of whiskey. Like in that group, there was the nerd, there was the whatever, and then you had the, like this look to you. Like, I, 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 do you have av? You have av- Are those aviators? He was like that guy. It's
0: Funny. I was imagining yeah. like Val Kilmer in Top yeah. Gun, just walking in, just yeah, messing things up. I went up to you? say hi to you, and he you know. just I'm,
2: autographed my forehead.
3: I, I remember that day differently than you guys do. But. Yeah. Okay, he's no. like, hey, <laughs> he's like, hey, kid, and he's hit my forehead with a
1: marker. Max, how like, do
0: you remember that day?
3: Max is like, I don't know who <laughs> the people are. We just painted him with a terrible brush.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you chose Kilmer, not Cruz. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll take that for sure. That was a fun event. Uh, Brian Tracy of Sagamore, Yes, Spirit that's what is what the like. uh, the MIA guy from the story. Yeah, and
2: uh, Brian, know, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take the bad boy of whiskey in that group. I'll mark in our tr- our total nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: lovingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, I mean, can we start from the beginning? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you're five years old. Go. We're turning
1: six in November. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we're six. almost there. Wow, wow. Um, yeah, this the story can get a little long. So if anything's interesting, interrupt. But um, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of jump into the long form version of this. So. I'm from Texas originally, and one of my co-founders is as well.
2: Uh, so is one of the hosts here. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, go on. Is that accurate? Yeah, Bobby's yeah. from Texas. Born and raised. He reminds yeah. us We're, a lot. I thought. I'm from Dallas.
3: Okay. I'm from Houston. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Great. So, so we have nothing to talk about. Okay, go. <laughs> we really don't. <laughs> the, the, um... Those are the two towns in Texas I know the name of. <laughs> and they've been at war for and years. And probably yeah. neither of them is actually from that city. They're from nearby. Yeah. I know you are. Are like, you actually from Houston? Oh, I'm in. Okay, like yeah. Houston, Houston. Houston, Houston. All right. I'm Waco,
2: to... outside Waco.
3: Okay. Not Waco even, not even a, Waco, that's also outside famous. of Waco. Yeah,
2: Waco has a great story. You should... <laughs> <laughs> when, you're, when you're done Googling Crocs, you should Google Waco. Just Google
1: Waco, yeah. and you're good. Um, so, I moved to Baltimore to finish up college, and uh, graduated from Goucher College in 2008. And moved into the city uh i thought i wanted to get my phd in philosophy and i wanted to take a year to kind of consider it uh and during that year two things happened one i decided i didn't want to live the rest of my life on uh, adderall and Mm -hmm. staying up all night Mm -hmm. to to write paper so i just was like you know what i'm just not just gonna do something else um and i really fell in love with the city of baltimore and it was a weird year 2008 i think it was the first year since 1968 That Baltimore gained population and did not lose population Mm. and I think it's lost population since this is like a one-year phenomenon (laughs) it was a weird thing and what it was was essentially the graduating class of college kids that year all decided Baltimore was cool and all stuck around and so there was all of a sudden this huge like youth arts culture music Hmm. movement uh, right around where I was living everybody I knew was doing creative work it made me want to do creative work so I was trying to play music and um write stuff and help out in theater and stuff like that uh and you know when you're because when you're just surrounded by creative people in a creative scene you want to be a creator right so Mm -hmm. eventually started doing my own podcast way back in the day and all that stuff and so at some point the seed was planted where what i wanted to do was kind of be a creator in baltimore give back to the city i just really believed in it it's that, that weird kind of checkerboard hodgepodge of like the the best things about america the worst things about america and unlike where i grew up in houston which houston is such a big spread out city mm. that you kind of know your situation and it's very similar to the situation of the people around you and it's fairly homogenous and you have to like really go out of your way to go mm. see other situations in life baltimore is the opposite you know you you drive through 17 different situations every time you go anywhere you make the wrong turn on a corner and you're in a very different part of town i mean like that yeah so I really like that because it kind of makes everyone involved in the community in a particular way where nobody can really turn a blind eye or pretend that everybody has the same life that they do. So there's a lot of community involvement and stuff, and it's very related to the art scene. There's a lot of collaboration between these communities and the arts. So um, just kind of the city really endeared itself to me, and I wanted to kind of do something to give back. And I knew that that was the case. So at some point, that was music. At some point, that was walking dogs. Um, (laughs) All and the
0: finer points of living in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs>
1: People
3: don't understand how closely related those sort of things are, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like it's the same story. Music, walking dogs, yeah. waiting tables. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Playing kickball.
1: Um, and the, yeah. my first kind of, as I got a little older, into my mid-twenties, when I was starting to thinking about, you know, should I want to open something? I want to, like, have a thing. Mm. Um, I started thinking what I wanted was a venue. I was still kind of deep into the music scene. And I had never really worked a restaurant gig before, so I had a a friend of a friend who owned a restaurant and I asked if I could come on as a busser while I worked on the business plan. And he was like, sure. So I bussed, then I waited, then I bartended, then I was managing the bar. Uh, it was at some point and maybe still is the the biggest rum selection in Baltimore. It's kind of a rum bar. And during managing the bar, I learned a lot, you know, through not only about the business of distribution and stuff like that, but I started to learn about the Maryland distilling history. It's in my late twenties. And I The kind of other part of this entire decade of my life was that I was brewing the hell out of beer. Um, one of my, my two co-founders, uh, Ian, who I grew up with in Texas was the first guy I brewed a beer with when we were 19 or something like in between college semesters mm. back home. And the second guy I brewed a beer with who I lived with and then brewed beer for a couple of years with, and then he became a professional brewer is my other co-founder Eli. So the first mm. kind of by happenstance, the, the two people I brewed with first ended up being my co-founders of this company. That's super cool. Um, so at some point my venue idea kind of morphed along with the nudges from Ian and Eli into this idea of bringing a distillery back to Baltimore. And this was in, maybe we were, maybe we had a whisper about it in 2012, but really 2013 is when it, when we kind of thought that this was a thing and there were zero distilleries in the state at the time. I believe there are now 26 working distilleries. When we opened in 2015, I think we were the third or fourth place with a working still. Mm. We may have been the sixth distillery open, but there's a lot of source stuff and right, right. rebottled bottled vodka and stuff like that. Um, so we were tip of the iceberg. First one's in Baltimore. It's actually not true. We were the second one's in Baltimore, and the first guys are still around. They're just a uh, very small kind of farmer's market still operation.
4: Haida, I want to talk to you about whiskey.
1: Please talk to me about whiskey.
4: But not just any whiskey. I want to talk to you about single malt Welsh whiskey. Mm. But not just any distillery, I'm talking about Pandaran Distillery. Okay. And they don't have just any team to make their whiskey. Mm. They have an all female distilling and blending team. I like what I'm hearing. Right? Laura, Bethan, and Ista, three women in charge of producing that whiskey. That is wholly unique within the whiskey industry, at least in the UK.
0: That sounds pretty rad.
4: It's pretty rad. What's even radder, if that's a word, is their whiskeys are delicious. I can make a wonderful highball for you, and you wouldn't even know there's whiskey in there. You'd just say, oh, this is bright and fruity and berry-like. Really? Really, really. Okay. You want to do it now? Sure. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Do you want to say something about the Cast Chasers podcast?
0: You're a proud sponsor of the Cast Chasers podcast?
4: Yes. Yeah
1: um yeah and so we so we started working on this business plan in 2013 and we did not have a model distillery to to go kind of visit and say oh this is how you make a distillery work in a small room and this is how you do efficient stuff and all this now the original business plan had some like small barrel aging and we were like this was at the where people hadn't kind of and the the kind of rhetoric around small barrels hadn't developed to where it is now yet. And there was mm-hmm. this excitement idea. I feel that like I, it's a
2: thing now that more yeah, more people, more people understand mm-hmm. what yeah. that
1: means. So we kind of shared this excitement of like, oh, we can turn it around faster. There's this new thing, small barrels. It doesn't take ten years. It takes six months. And so we, you know, we were drinking everything. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got a good quote called. When somebody asked me for advice, where I was like, "Read everything you can read, and drink everything you can drink." And drinking is reading. Um,
0: <laughs> Favorite type of reading.
1: And God, I'm off beautiful. to a good start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we I'm I'm well read. Um, <laughs> the somebody's IQ like, of this
0: room just. <laughs> went I can't off. wait
2: for somebody to ask me, um, "Do you read?" And I'm like, "I sure do." You want me to pour you a glass? <laughs> and they're uh-huh. like, uh-huh. "What?" Uh-huh. I'm, uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. I'm like, book. "I heard a
1: quote one time." <laughs> I heard a quote one time. <laughs> see, Socrates, um, I think said so, it.
0: I drank a quote one time. Yeah. There you go.
1: <laughs> Yeah, in the, in the immortal words of Socrates, I drank what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Al Kilmer. Yeah. Um,
0: <clears throat> what was it like for you guys? So, like, you were at the forefront or, or one of the small groups at the forefront of right. bringing distillation back to Baltimore and figuring all these things out, reading, drinking, otherwise. When it came time to, I don't know, like, reach out to partners or banks or any of the fun things you do when you start a business, yeah. were you just. The odd people out in
2: those conversations. Can you tell us about that
1: living nightmare? Yeah, it was. I mean, it speaks to me. It wasn't <laughs> a nightmare because it, at the time, felt like a pipe dream, until a bank said yes, and then all of a sudden we were past the point <laughs> of no oh, return. We were like, oh, um, it You're all packing kind of up. Like all a
2: right, show. I understand why you said no. We so said it was yes. Kind of <laughs> this,
1: it was kind of just this like passion project i mean obviously everyone's going to say it's a passion project what i mean by that is that i didn't think it was going to happen the reason that we developed a 200 page business plan was mostly like a fun thought exercise of Uh if we wanted to open a distillery to try and make what we think are the best spirits in the world and at this point we realized you know we realized at some point during our reading that we had never read a whiskey that was aged in a small barrel that we really enjoyed that Hmm. spoke to us so we were like you know what I'm not sure that can be done Hmm. the way we want to do it. Like, I don't think we can make the spirit we want to make and do that. So we committed to a stupider way to do things Mm by only using full-size barrels. And we committed to not releasing white whiskey because while people asked us for it a lot, it's more of a novelty and kind of a window than it is a, like, a finished product good that you want to be proud of. So we didn't do any of that. Um, And we also have no column. We have no hybrid still. We had a, a still hand hammered by a guy who makes motor motorcycle parts in Washington. So uh, remember, stop, hold
2: on real quick. <laughs> that, you can't, okay. I said rock star earlier. Yeah. Right? Remember, yeah. I was like the bad boy. Yeah. And everybody's like, all right, all right, I guess. And he kind of laughed it off. You can't mo- motorcycle guy beat your still. He, in by the, hand. You know what I mean? By hand. <laughs> yeah. Whatever.
1: Okay. And, and he sent a, the, the original drawing of the still that he sent us is tattooed on my leg. That's stopping.
0: Well,. There you go. Larky. That's why
2: I said the things I said. I wasn't yeah. like, you know what I mean? I He was wearing a full suit of armor, too, which that's a whole other <laughs> super trendy. Don't tell him about this. Yeah, go on. Yeah.
0: Um, Wielding a battle axe.
1: So the business plan is based on this stupid idea. What we ended up doing is building, essentially, like writing down, essentially opening a small scotch distillery in Baltimore. Oh. Really old school. I mean, it is how the original Maryland rise would have been made. They were all Scottish and Irish settlers, and... You know they were doing it. It was like a farmhouse rye. They were making it for themselves, and they would have been doing it on pot stills with kind of ancestral style distilling, and and that's really the the distillery we built. So we still have no column. Our our still we we kind of modeled it uh, after the log of still. Mm-hmm. So we like looked at a bunch of still shapes. We understand the you know the difference in heights and rectif- rectification bubbles and things like that, and how things. And we decided that we just wanted to go really hard into like uh character so a very short very fat still so really low rectification we have to run it intensely slowly and since this guy this was like the fourth still he ever built and the biggest one he ever built before retiring from still building i think Mm -hmm. um you know he drew up a shape and we were like and we you know take the the bubble out we want it to be kind of like hershey kiss without the rectification and so sent sent the new drawing and we were like great and no math was involved except for like measuring, you know, but no like uh equations of how much we need to put in and how high, what proof it should be. None of the like professional like stuff. The ceiling awesome. is
0: 12 um, feet. We can go yeah. 11 and a half That's feet.
1: A <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it was, was like something like, super like that. Super old
2: school. Can I, super like, old school. Like, like, let's make a thing and this big for our new listeners, you know, because we have a lot of people that are entering the world of whiskey and they jump into these conversations. I just want them... This, you're thinking about the shape of the still and everything else. There's a lot of flavor that the still itself chemically produces on how the distillate works its way up the neck or how the distillate moves and cooks inside the still itself, copper still versus um, we've done episodes on column stills and things like Mm -hmm. that. So go back and listen to those. But the, the nuance to a still is flavor and Scotch whiskey kind of, in my opinion, well, there are a lot that use column stills now and things like that, but those copper stills are old school, you know, pot stills um really do in my opinion add a a, a a level that you can't get from a manufactured yeah you know column still or something like that right yeah, the way you so
1: know. the way i i mean i don't like to uh, to say there's a right and a wrong in terms of column versus pot but they make very different products so mm. a column still you essentially isolate a flavor and you pull that flavor off the entire time in a pot still You move through a long period of time at which every different moment is a different flavor, one of which on a column still you would isolate and pull. Mm -hmm. Whereas the aggregate that you get off a pot still is going to be an aggregate of all these different flavor profiles in one thing. So they are more complex in that sense. Maybe they're less focused would be what a column distiller who's passionate Mm -hmm. about might say. Um, But very, very different in, in the spirits that tend to speak to us were pot distilled spirits. So that's the direction we went. And the one we built is a, when I say it's slow... I think Glenn Goyne claims to be the slowest Scotch distillery and we took their their kind of measurement for that fact mm. and adjusted for size and I think we distill four times slower oh, wow. than wow. they do. I mean how, it is how a slow trickle. is that?
0: Uh, the <laughs> the well, trickle. There you
1: go. <laughs> um so I can tell you because we distilled into five gallon buckets for the first two years of our uh thing. Mm. And then so we'd have it was called we, we lovingly refer to it as the bucket system. Where <laughs> every 30 minutes you would essentially fill a five gallon bucket and you'd have to like close the parrot real quick, slide the bucket out, slide a new bucket and yeah. then open it again. And you would do that for about 14 hours for a whiskey run. Um, so about five gallons every 30 minutes. Okay. Do you, we, we do target about 10 gallons, a but you get a richer, still. Mm-hmm.
2: you get a richer product.
1: It's, it's phenomenal yeah Yeah. i mean even coming off you can tell kind of how gorgeous of a spirit it is and the mouth feels great not to
2: nerd out too much but is there a big difference between when the when the you know the head stop and the and the and the body comes that kind of the heart comes alive and
1: so because ours is so low rectification Mm. um there's a big bleed so we actually we do a deep heads cut Mm. um We we do a substantial heads cut compared to to what like a really tech forward still would be that has like a really clean black and white head. So we get a lot of good stuff in the heads that we pass through because we do pull at the very beginning some of that um kind of nail polish remover stuff that settles out about, you know, five to seven gallons in. Um you we could leave the whole thing in and some people would notice and the product wouldn't be as good, mm. but it would still be palatable because there's so much good stuff right at the top of our thing. Cause of yeah. it's, you know, it's bleed, so to speak.
2: I think that's, I think the tradition part is what I'm most impressed by because, you know, we talk about old line and we love old line to death and mm-hmm. everything, but you know, their direction, they went the single malt route. You stuck with the, and for those, and we have listeners all over the world, thankfully um, Maryland traditionally, in its history was rye you know specifically f- not to totally get nerdy but you know other grains were being used for other things war um so rye <laughs> you subtle. know spoilers rye was for bread and things like that but there was a lot of leftover rye and in the south there was a lot of leftover corn and we know what they do with the corn down there in the south weirdos um no but corn no corn rye, pipes yeah 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 some little town called Bourbon County was like, we know, we'll do it anyway. Oh, that's what um, you were talking about. I-, I love bourbon. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but you really went kind of rye focused. I mean, other than your gins and everything. But can we talk a little bit about it? Was that your first kind of focus or did you?
1: Yeah. The original name of the company was the Baltimore Whiskey Company. Mm. So it was by in, in its inception and in the business plan for a rye focused uh distillery and pot distilled rye is almost an extinct breed right. at this point but even like before um you know before the rum embargo that kind of led to rye's popularity in the u.s when it was really just the irish and the scottish drinking it i'm not even sure there that corn would have been involved because they were able to use the rye because it was essentially the winter cover crop good mm-hmm. to just you know get nitrogen back in the party stuff. Rough, yeah um, it could survive it, it made growing other stuff easier so it was a throwaway grain so that's what they just had rye as a trash product that they knew how to Mm -hmm. um they were probably malting the rye as opposed to having access to barley which would not have been unsellable um like rye so they were probably doing something more akin to 100% rye but on a pot still so it wouldn't have been that kind of dry spicy pennsylvania rye uh it would have been you know something kind of malty and sweet with some of that rye spice in there, that you're still going to pull at some point during your pot to still run, but complemented by this other, um...
2: we don't have any in front of us unfortunately. But I, I, I'm a big fan of um of the the rye we got at the um. I bought that, and then I bought one later on. I, we always this joke, Aaron and I have that we're not rye people.
3: We, but we, we are we are yeah
2: <laughs> there was one rye we didn't like and then for the early yeah, the like, days and uh, we were like we don't like rye we had like three, three ryes and we were like ew yeah, every gross. rye since then I mean, we actually blended partnered with Reservoir and made our you know blended our own whiskey a high rye it um, was a rye it was yeah. a rye it wasn't a high rye it was a rye it, well it's yeah. a rye whiskey yeah, yeah but a high rye rye whiskey he- heavy rye rye yeah rye rye um, yeah. Um, rye, um, rye. <laughs> um, I'm glad one of you did that catch on the rye rye not
3: w-r-r-y anyway
2: so what i like about yours is it doesn't it has the rye notes that you you know the spiciness and all of that but it's so rounded it's so and we've talked about the word balanced and i don't like i'm not i'm using the word balanced as distiller use the word balance meaning it's leveled it's it's it plays well It it's continuous it makes sense
3: yeah because the word balance sounds boring
2: yeah but there's depth to the word yeah. balance it has all those elements and when we first drank it for the first time at um at the at the roundup both of us looked at each other and yeah. we're like this is this is what a rye supposed to taste like mm-hmm. um i assume that's your that's that process that's the still part you're you, talking you, about that's and you your want a rye choice. people like yeah.
1: is what i think you're going for um no we wanted to go for something um good was kind of a uh, you know something we focus on instead of bad. Uh-huh. Go on, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Go on. Wait. <laughs> now we're Some, into the nitty-gritty. Somebody write gritty. this down. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> that 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 was the business plan. Good, not bad. Fifteen thousand pounds.
1: Yeah. yeah, the business plan, man. We're we're not good business people. I'll tell you that much. Uh, nobody well, in their the right whiskey mind industry. Would, I did like that quote. It was,
0: it was expert in good taste and bad business decisions. Yeah, that spoke
4: to me. That's uh, that's a good <laughs> definition for the company.
3: All right, Chasers, we're just going to pause there for this week, but don't worry. We're going to continue this conversation again next week on the Cast Chasers podcast. And in the meantime, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cast Chasers. You can also join our Facebook group. And don't forget to check out our website, which is castchasers.org, for show notes, Cast Chasers swag, and much more. And until next time, remember, it's not about finding the perfect dram, It's all in the chase. Oh, mm-hmm.